My guest at this time is Dr. Tim Ball. He's a former professor of climatology at the University of Winnipeg. He is also the author of numerous works, including The, De- the Deliberate Corruption of Climate Science and Human-Caused Global Warming, The Biggest Deception in History. He joins me now to explain what the media is not telling us about Hurricane Florence as it roars ashore in the Carolinas on the east coast of the United States. And also he's going to offer some thoughts on the big picture about how this storm is being shoehorned into the overall climate debate. And Dr. Ball, thanks so much for being with us. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Greg, and thanks for allowing people to hear the other side and make up their own minds. Well, the main reason I called you was just to get reaction to the idea that President Trump is complicit in the existence of this hurricane, which the Washington Post reported in an opinion column, of course, on Wednesday. But as you and I were talking just before the interview, you've actually studied the data quite closely, and uh, you say it was entirely predictable uh, that this storm, which was once a pretty high Category 4, was going to weaken before it hit land. It's going to hit land probably as a Category 2, uh, which is still serious, but uh, not what it could have been. And you said uh, th- that you saw this coming, and other people should have but didn't. Explain how. Well, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot in that. And, of course, what's going on here is what the pattern has been ever since the environmental movement got taken over and the climate issue t- got taken over for a political agenda. They're taking normal events and trying to argue that they're not normal. And, unfortunately, uh, ag- government agencies like NOAA, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, are complicit in this because, of course, they're the bureaucrats, they're the deep state, that uh, produce these fake news stories and can perpetuate them. And they're able to present what's uh, normal normal as abnormal because people have no idea what normal is, particularly with regard to weather patterns. So Hurricane um, uh, Florence is perfectly normal. It's well within natural uh, variability, uh, nothing unusual at all. In fact, uh, that whole east coast of, of the United States uh, is uh, the... Uh, recipient of hurricanes over the centuries. I mean, Columbus wrote about the terrible ones that he experienced. But but what they got wrong, and I, I don't know whether they've done this deliberately or not, but I, I, I think that their training should have told them, they should have known this, that as these hurricanes move north, they move over colder water, for one thing, and that uh, reduces the energy of the hurricane. The hurricanes are driven by the water that's evaporated off the surface, and the heat energy that's used to evaporate that water is released back into the the storm when it condenses, and that's called the latent heat of condensation. And to give you an idea, uh, a moderate hurricane uh, like uh, Florence is, uh, there's about 2 billion gallons of water an hour evaporating off the ocean. that is why once the hurricane gets over land and it's cut off of that source of energy, it dissipates very, very quickly. They rarely go beyond the Appalachians or that, you know, that far in. Uh, but the other thing is that as these uh, hurricanes form, first of all, they don't form within eight degrees of the equator because there's no spinning motion to set them in that spinning formation. And then as they drift north, they uh, get squashed down. The height of the atmosphere in which the weather systems occur, uh, the top of it is called the tropopause. 
And the tropopause is twice as high, about 18 kilometers high over the equator, as it is at the poles, where it's about 9 kilometers. So these systems, as they move north, get squeezed down, get flattened out. And as they get flattened out, of course, that means that they spin less rapidly, which reduces the wind speed. And it's very much like um, uh, the spinning of a skater. If, if you start spinning with your arms out and you start to pull them in, the rate of your speed uh, spinning increases. Well, that's the opposite with the, hur- with the hurricane. As, as it's spinning tightly and then it moves north, it gets flattened out. The wind speed lowers down. Of course, the speed of the hurricane is determined, or the type of the hurricane, the category, is determined by the wind speed. So even a one-mile-per-hour difference can cause it to be a different category. They do not, do not, or they're not able to measure wind speed out on the ocean in the hurricane. So what they do is they fly through the top of it with an airplane and get a one, one measurement of the wind speed at that high altitude, and then using a computer model, they estimate what the wind speed is at the surface. We know from all past hurricanes, including Katrina, by the way, uh, that, this, that they overestimate the wind speed, which, of course, allows them to push it into a higher category. Exactly the same thing happened with Katrina. Uh, it was briefly a five category, which, of course, the media wanted, and Noah were happy to tell them. But by the time it came ashore, it was barely a category three. Now, that doesn't mean to say it doesn't do damage. But most of the damage is not from the wind speed. The damage is from the flooding. The greatest loss of life from hurricanes is, is from flooding. For example, in 1900, a, a, a hurricane hit uh, Galveston, Texas, They had built earthen dikes to protect against the flooding. The hurricane blew right through those dikes, and 12,000 people drowned in that hurricane. And the same thing was true of Katrina. The Army Corps of Engineers wanted to reinforce the dikes. The environmentalists stopped them from doing it. That's why the water got in and the people drowned in Katrina. So we're seeing exactly the same misrepresentation, misinterpretation with Florence, it's a normal hurricane. It will cause some storm surge, but the storm surge won't be anywhere near what they're claiming it to be. And and of, of why is that? Dig into that a little bit more for me, Doctor Ball, because that's the thing that people will say when you say, "Oh, it's been downgraded to a Category Two." They'll say, "Yeah, but yeah. It's, when it, when it hits the coast, it's going to be really slow. It's going to dump uh, maybe even two feet of rain in some places, and it's the storm surge that's really going to be the problem here." But uh, you're saying yeah. that's even going to be less than expected. Explain why. Yes. Well, because uh, the weight, the atmosphere has a weight to it, and that weight pushing down on the surface of the Earth compresses the, or so the, on the ocean, compresses the ocean. It doesn't affect the ground because it's too, too uh, dense and heavy. But over the oceans, the sea level varies considerably from region to region simply with the, the atmospheric pressure. The lowest pressures we record are in hurricanes. So the greatest uh, bulging up, if you want, of the ocean occurs under a hurricane. As the hurricane moves along, the low pressure area moves with it, and that bulging up as a very long uh, mound of, of water moves along with it. And as it approaches the shore, of course, it, it moves up onto the shore, and that's what is the primary cause of the storm surge. 
Uh, now, it, on one side of the hurricane, uh, it will be more of a surge because the winds are on shore piling the water in as well. And also, if it occurs at high tide, it will have a greater surge. So you need to look at all of those factors, but the primary factor determining the height of the surge is the atmospheric pressure. The atmospheric pressure in Florence, uh, the last I looked was 955 millibars, which is not particularly uh, a low pressure. And therefore, that indicates that this storm surge will, will be uh, significantly less than they're, they're claiming it to be. And um, so that, that's why I'm, I'm saying that the surge potential. Now, the, the amount of water in the atmosphere, of course, yes. Uh, but because the hurricane has spread out now, it's going to be uh, uh, the same amount of water that was concentrated in a much smaller area of the hurricane over a much wider area. So you'll get heavier rainfalls uh, all, all the way from uh, well, n northern Florida right up to, to New York State. But the, the intensities of it will be reduced. The only place that it's potential for, for higher uh, uh, is where the storm moves in up over the Appalachian Mountains. And as the air is lifted, that uh, causes an increase in rainfall so that you could see on the eastern side of the Appalachian Mountains is, is where the greatest potential for rainfall is. But relative to all previous hurricanes, it's not going to be that dramatic. Oh, lastly, let's uh, get to the topic I was originally uh, contacting you to, to speak about, and that's the idea that uh, President Trump is complicit in the existence of this hurricane, largely because, according to the Washington Post opinion page, uh, that he backed out of the Paris Climate Accords and that the world simply isn't doing enough to stop this sort of thing from happening. Well, of course, the, the, uh, there's a couple of things happening. Uh, one is he got out of the Paris Climate Agreement, and I must uh, uh, disclaimer here, I was invited to be part of the group to advise him what to do about the Paris Climate Agreement. Uh, we told him, don't try to get out of it on the basis of bad science, although the, the science is not justifying it, but to get out of it because it's a bad deal. And uh, so that's what he did. Uh, we were told that Ivanka wanted him to sign it, and um, uh, he, of course, listens to Ivanka, but when, what we did was we said, Tell, show Ivanka what the deal is, and she agreed right away as a businesswoman. Uh, but, but to add to that, the, if the full Paris Climate Agreement was implemented, in other words, if every single nation that signed on to it uh, or, or was involved in it, and the U.S. was part of that, if every one of them reduced the CO2 levels that the agreement wants, here's what Bjorn Lomberg, the environmental skepticist, uh, uh, statistician, calculated. He calculated that the climate impact of all Paris promises is minuscule. If we measure the impact of every nation fulfilling every promise by the year 2030, the total temperature reduction will be 0.086 degrees Fahrenheit by 2100. In other words, less than one degree by the year 2100. And, and of course, that, that, that is within the range of error of, of all of their estimates. So this is why uh, Trump is fully justified in getting out of the Paris Agreement. 
and uh, and hopefully he'll keep it going. Uh, he, by the way, is just hired on board uh, with John Bolton, uh, William Happer. Happer is a physicist from Princeton who's been fighting the global warming issue from the start. And um, he's joined John Bolton's uh, staff because they're going to de- negotiate uh, 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 trade agreements with Europe and Europe, of course, are putting uh, uh, the Paris Climate Agreement as a requirement for any agreement. And so Trump is also dealing with that at the same time. A lot to keep in mind, both in the short term and the long term. Dr. Ball, always fascinating to talk to you. Thank you, sir, for your time today. Well, thank you again, Greg. And as I said, I really appreciate the opportunity. Certainly. Uh, Dr. Tim Ball is a former professor of climatology at the University of Winnipeg. He is also a published author, including books such as The Deliberate Corruption of Climate Science and Human Caused Global Warming, The Biggest Deception in History. I'm Greg Corumbus, reporting for Radio America.